theyeshiva.net. As I speak to you here this morning, there's a beautiful, beautiful snow descending on Rockland County, New York this morning. I'm facing large windows as I speak to you. So I'm watching this incredible whiteness cover up our world. And I have to say, it's beautiful. I know some people don't like when it snows because it really can interfere with your schedule and your travels and your work schedule, etc. But I do have to admit that the child inside of me loves when it snows. (laughs) Brings back very good memories and it triggers some very good feelings. So we have a big snow coming down. (laughs) This is when New York is very nice. I know people love to run to Florida and Los Angeles and the Caribbeans. The Caribbean, but this is really beautiful. So, we started a mimer on Monday. By the Balatanya. It was said, Shvuas Tovkov Samachay, as I mentioned in last class, 1805. I want to say, by the way, last night I had an hour and a half conversation interview with Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, the author of The, the Body Keeps the Score and considered probably the greatest expert in the world today on trauma. And uh, it was really an incredible interview we had together, a conversation. And Bezer Hashem will be released in the next few days. We did it with Fresh Start, uh, which is a trauma healing center in Detroit. And it should be released in the next few days on the yeshiva.net or other social media platforms. So, um, this was just last night, so it's fresh in my memory. So what did we learn last? What, what did we learn in last class? We spoke about the rhythm of life. Life has a rhythm. It's called Ratzoi and Shoiv. Ratzoi and Shoiv is a term from Yecheskel, the prophet Ezekiel chapter 1. He describes the angelic beings, Hachayis, Ratzoi v'Shoiv. Ratzoi means longing, yearning, running, aspiring, Shoiv is returning. It's the balance between tension and resolution in a person's life. Dalt Rebbe said it begins with Avram Avinu. Haloich v'Nasoya Hanegba. Haloich is Ratzoi. The sense of always traveling. I always have to move on. And Venasaya is returning, coming back. He represent, he explains this as fire and water. It's represented by the elements of fire and water. Fire is the longing, the passion. It's always ascending. Fire is always rising. Water will soon see as the antithesis of fire. Usually the two don't coexist. If there's fire, there's no water. If there's water, there's no fire. But life is about the balance between the two. That's the rhythm of life, longing and returning. This is all the beginning of the explanation. Why was there a need for a shaifer at the giving of the Torah? Was this a concert? Was there need of a musical instrument? And even if you want a musical instrument, there are better musical instruments, more appealing, more pleasing to the ear <laughs> than the ram's horn, as we all know. <laughs> have a violin. Have a violin at that. Uh, <laughs> at Martin Daida. I'm laughing, it's not so funny. I once met a person in a particular country, 
and uh, she was a progressive spiritual leader of a particular synagogue. And she told me, it's from your corner of the world, Rebbe Daniel, and she told me that Rosh Hashanah in her synagogue, she instituted... No, no, I said from your corner of the world. It was Europe. I was once in Europe, and I met a female progressive spiritual leader of a synagogue. I'm using the word progressive because I think that's the word they use in Europe. Here we use different words. And she told me that in her synagogue, she substituted on Rosh Hashanah the shoifer with a violin. My sashoyer, she told this to me. We were sitting in the, in the lobby of a hotel. I said, Why? She said, the shoifer gives migraine headaches. Do, 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 do a hundred sounds. The violin, it's a beautiful concert. Right? So the Dalter Rebbe's question, it's fascinating. Dalter Rebbe's question is, if you want a musical instrument, use something else. Use a violin, use a harp, use a cello, use a guitar, use a lyre. Like we say in the morning, right? Every single morning in the Halalukas. But then there's benevel, a lyre, and a chinoir, and a harp, and you have soif, tambourine, and machel, drums, minim, various symbols, but here we use a shoifer. So the beginning of this whole, of whole explanation is that there's a rhythm of life. And as I explained last time, in last week's class, we see it in the very, this is not just a rhythm that is coincidental, this is essential to life. Because it's the way we breathe. It's the rhythm of exhaling and inhaling. It's also the rhythm of the heart, responsible for our life, for our circulation. Where the heart, both the heart, the heart contracts and then the heart expands. And there are the special muscles that are responsible for this. It's, it's the, the incredible miracle of, of, of living organisms, of, of how the heart works, of biology. And the same is true with our lungs, because the job, the job of our lungs is to provide our bodies with oxygen, with new life, ruach hayim, and also to get rid of, of the waste gas, of carbon dioxide. So we have this rhythm where I, I inhale, and then, and then you exhale. So this was our, our, this is the summation. Now let's go further inside. If you, if you didn't open your source sheet yet, if you're on Zoom, you can open it on Zoom. If you're on the yeshiva.net, you can open the source sheet on the yeshiva.net. People who are watching the replay, source sheet always remains on the yeshiva.net, so you can always see it there. Okay, so the Alter Rebbe now continues. Again, we're on page 146, first paragraph, we're in the middle of the second paragraph, close to the end of the second paragraph. The line begins, Me'eleha, ach acher kachim chines shuv. 25 lines, approximately 25 lines from the top, the line starts, Me'eleha. Yeah. And the Alter explained what Ratzah is in Avaitis Hashem, what it is in the service of Hashem. There is the longing, there is the yearning to be subsumed in the ultimate truth, in the ultimate reality, which comes from a person's deep realization and awareness of what the world is and where the world comes from and the limits of our knowledge and our experience of truth in our world as we explained at length. 
And therefore there is this desire to be subsumed, and he compared it to the verse, El Ishech Chukasech, you crave for your husband. Hashem tells Chava, El Ishech Chukasech, which is really an allegory for life, where there's this desire that I want to be subsumed in the light of infinity, like a flame that ascends upwards on its own. This was the concept of Ratzoi that the Alter Rebbe elaborated upon, what Ratzoi is in life, what Ratzoi is in the service of God, what Ratzoi is in Judaism. He says it's the element of fire, it exists in the heart, Bina Libba, in the Sefi Yitzir, it's called Imrats Libcha, it's the concept of fire, Isa Shalom Bim we say God makes peace between the fire and the water among him, among his own angels, there's the concept of fire and there's the concept of water. And this is the highest Ratzai Vashayv, the highest who are aware of their source, are on fire like a torch, Kamara Halapidim, and uh, they are affected by this constant longing and constant yearning that we call Ratzai, and you can never get enough of it because there's always more awareness and deeper awareness and hence a deeper craving. And the concept of Ratzai is really you know, there's to be and to be not, right? There's to be or not to be. There's to be and to be not. This is the desire to be not, to 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 melt away. Of course, it can only come with deep trust that you're not going to be hurt because if there's no trust, then on the contrary, I don't want to melt away. I want to defend myself. I recoil. I, I don't want to be exploited. So we're talking about Ratzi and Shoif comes from a very healthy rhythm where there is no, there's no trauma that impairs that that natural flow, just like in a relationship, just like in a marriage, there is that real desire to be able to be subsumed in the other, but only if it comes from a place of of confidence and wholeness, because if it's coming from a wound, then to the contrary, I'm going to resent it, and it's going to undermine a relationship. And that's why Ratzi and Shoiv is always a balance, the healthy balance between these two trends in a person's life. And the Altarebbe continues... After we explained what, after we explained what Ratzi is, he now goes to Shuv. And as we said, what is Shuv? Shuv is the returning. So he says, After Ratzi comes Shuv, which means returning, this is the expression again in Sefi Yitzira, If your heart is racing, you must return to oneness. It's a fascinating expression in Sefi Yitzira. Sefi Yitzira is the foundation. It's one of the probably the earliest Kabbalistic texts that we have. And there the Sefi Yitzira says, if you're running, come back to one. Shuvla echad. What does this mean? So he explains, This shuv is connected to the element of water. Ratzah is the element of fire. Shuv is the element of water. Shabemayach, and this represents the brain, the mind, rather than the heart. The Eish is primarily felt in the heart. It's a heart experience. It's a very emotive experience. The Mayim, the element of water, is associated, he says, with the Mayach. Why? Pchines Chachma Koyach Ma. Ma Pishpashta Mayadata. Chachma means wisdom is a combination of two words. Koyach Ma which means the power of what? Or the expression of the Zayar is, Mapis Pashta, what have you found? Maya Data, what do you know? What does this mean? Chachma, Kayach Ma, is the ability, it's the humility of a person 
realizing that as much as I try to understand, I can't really wrap my brain around reality. And it's okay not to be okay. It's okay that I don't understand. It's okay that I don't grasp. The mind is a blessing. A brain has to be used to its maximum, as we always emphasize. But part of using your brain to its maximum ability, every person according to their capacity, is the ability and the awareness to be able to say, ma, what? That curiosity, that inquisitiveness, when wisdom becomes a tool of arrogance. You know, I always, the worst thing you can hear from a doctor is, everything there is to know about biology, I know. The worst thing you can hear from a therapist is, everything there is to know about how the human brain works, I know. The worst thing you can hear from a rabbi is, everything there is to know about truth, I know. It's the worst thing you can hear, and it's people you want to run away from. Because if there's every, if, if you know everything, then obviously there's not going to be any growth here. On the contrary. So ma, kayach ma, is the ability to say what? It's the curiosity. It's the inquisitive. It's the understanding that as much as I understand, there's so much more that I need to learn. There's so much more that I don't understand. Or the famous expression in Jewish philosophy, the ultimate knowledge is that I don't know. It's the ultimate knowledge. So a person reaches that point and says, Ma pispasta, what have you discovered? Pispos is to search and discover. Mayadato, what do you know? And this is what creates the humility of returning, of returning, of, of understanding what is my mission, what is my, ro- my role. And this is the element of water. Because fire is that inspiration, that, that search, that yearning. I want more and more, and more. Shuv, returning resolution, comes from the humility of asking myself, so what is my mission right here, right now? And it's to be present to my reality. That's what he says. V'zeu shuv echad. That's the expression, come back to one. It's shashuv ugamkin mepchines echad. This is unbelievable. The shuv also comes from echad. We said that Ratzoi comes from an understanding of Echad. When the person understands Malchus Chemalchus Kalaylamim, and the way the world articulates divine infinity is in a very filtered and limited way, and therefore the person wants and yearns and longs for the essence. I want the Echad. Says the Alter Rebbe, the Shuv also comes from Echad. Just like the Ratzai comes from Echad, the Shuv also, Shuv Le Echad, it's an unbelievable word. The Shuv also comes from Echad, but from a different element. The Shuv comes from the understanding that I don't understand the Echad, that I can't comprehend the Echad. And therefore there's a certain awe, there's a certain reverence, there's a certain humility. There's the understanding that my role is to embrace what is. So this is the rhythm between tension, between longing and resolution and returning, relaxation. In other words, there's two elements. Ratzoy is the longing. I want to grasp more. I want to understand more. I want to experience more. I want more ecstasy. <laughs> That's Ratzoy. What is Shuv? Shuv is even more humility. Shuv is a deeper humility. Shuv is the understanding that I don't understand. Shuv is the concept of Chachma, of Koyachma, Mapispasta, Mayidata. It's the ability to know that whatever I understood, it's as though I didn't understand anything. Not because I didn't understand anything and not because I didn't try, but because truth is really infinite. It's completely beyond, beyond my brain. 
And this creates a certain respect, uh, an awe, a reverence. It's, it's, it's shuv, it's the, it's the opposite, it's the returning. It's where the person becomes silent. The person embraces his or her position. That's what he's going to explain. Now, this doesn't mean that a person experiences shuv, the water completely quenches the thirst of fire, and there's no fire anymore. And that the person completely loses their thirst and their yearning. No, that's not what happens. The heart again will experience a deeper form of fire and thirst. And the torch of fire, the flame, will only grow with more intensity, with more vigor. As again, the expression of Shevi Yitzira, He says, God takes out fire from water. God extracts fire from the water. What does it mean? God extracts the fire from the water. So the Alter Rebbe says that from the Shuv you come to a deeper Ratzai. After the Mayim, from the Mayim you come to a deeper Ratzai. And he continues, the Kama the Sefi Yitzir discusses, there's many different types of fires. There's Eishai Chelas, there's a fire that eats, fire that consumes. The Eishai a fire that drinks, which is an expression from Meseches Yuma, Tav Chafalov. Chazal say that there's a fire that eats, and there's a Eishai What does this mean? There's a fire that consumes but doesn't drink. There's a fire that consumes, eats, and drinks. Whoa. What is this supposed to mean? So what Alter Rebbe is explaining here is as follows. Eishai is a fire that's lower than water. So the water extinguishes it. The water can extinguish this fire. Eishoisa, fire that drinks, is a fire on the contrary. It dries up the water. It causes the water to evaporate. It 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 drinks up it drinks up the water. It drinks up the water. Like the story by Leoa Navi. You remember the story by Leoa Navi that they poured he built an altar. He was competing against the prophets of idolatry. And he asked them to offer a sacrifice to their idol, to the Baal God. And he would offer an offering to Hashem. And he took the two oxen, right? And they poured water on his altar. And then a fire came down. What happened? It licked up the water. It dried up the water. That's called Eish Shoisa. A fire that drinks. There's a fire that gets eaten up, so it gets dried up by the water, it gets extinguished by the water, sorry. A fire that gets extinguished by the water, that's Eishaychelis. Eishaychelis means a fire that drinks up the water. In other words, this fire dries up the water and the water can't extinguish it. Sometimes the fire is so intense, you pour more and more water, but the ferociousness of the fire just causes the water to dry up, to be subsumed in the fire. So the Alter Rebbe says the same is true with Ratzay and Shaiv. There's different levels. That's what he says. There's many different types of fires. After the Shuv, which is water, which is Shuv, it only creates a deeper fire. And that fire dries up the water. It dries up the water. So what happens is the water now overpowers, the fire overpowers the water and it increases. And then there's a deeper Shuv. 
that challenges the fire, it extinguishes the flame. And so on, the rhythm of life continues. There's always that process. That's what he says. This is what Avram represented. He was always in this rhythm. Longing and returning. Water, fire and water. This fire that transcends water, meaning it overpowers the water. And then and then water that overpowers the fire. It's just like physically, you know, you have a fire and you could pour water and pour water. It's not happening. The water is just, it's just becoming dried up in the fire and the fire gets stronger and stronger. Sometimes it's the other way. The water transcends the fire. The water actually extinguishes the flames and the flames are out. Now there's water. And this rhythm continues till the greatest of heights, until Avram Avinu became a conduit for the divine, for the divine energy, as he will explain what Merkava is a little later in the Maimer. So, you're asking, how does this work? It's a paradox. Either you're in a place of, either you're in a place of, of Ratzin, your place of Shuv. You're asking a very good question. So that's why the Alter Rebbe said, Ratz comes from Echad, when Imratz Libcha Shuv La Echad, the Shuv also comes from Echad. Everything comes from Echad. It comes from an understanding of oneness. Echad gives rise to Ratzoi, and it gives rise to Shuv. And let's explain what this means. What did he say? He said Shuv comes from Mayim. It comes from Chachma. Koyachma. Mapispashta. Mayadata. It's the silence, it's the humility, it's the reverence of Koyach Ma. It's appreciating the limits of knowledge, the limits of experience. And therefore, it's respecting the boundaries. And therefore, there's an element of return. Let's, let's, let's go deeper into this. What are these two elements of Ratzi and Shev? Ratzo is, I want more. <laughs> I want more. I want to get more. I want to put my, <laughs> I want to put my hands on more. I want more of you. El ishech chukasech. I want more. Let's take in the human relationships. What's the element of Ratzo? He says, El ishech chukasech. Hashem tells Chava, you're going to have this intense craving. I want, I want more of you. I want to be part of you. And that's an incredible element in a relationship. And then there is the antithesis of that. And the antithesis of that is the real appreciation that as much as I know of you, I really don't. There's a respect for otherness. There's a respect for boundaries. There's a respect for an element in another person that transcends me. And in a relationship, we must have both. There's the element where I want to know you, and I do know you, and I connect to you, and I feel your pulse, and you feel my pulse. And I want to be able to have the, the, the be able to, to be completely vulnerable. And vulnerable really means allowing yourself to be embraced by somebody else. Vulnerability is a risk, because if I'm going to get a, a, a dagger in my chest, if I'm going to be misunderstood or manipulated or mocked or made fun of, people sometimes open up to somebody. 
and they're so vulnerable. They take off their garments and they completely expose themselves. And at that moment, it's critical that you know how to hold them. You know how to embrace them. You know how to be there for them. You know how to contain them. You know how to be what's called an embracing presence in their life. Because really they they surrendered. You know, you could do anything with them. But that's a very powerful relationship. Maybe it's the most powerful moment in a relationship. That's one element. But then there's another element, he says. Imratz libcha. You're running, you're running, you're running. Shuv liachat. You also have to go back. And the Alter Rebbe's Chiddush in this Maimra is Shuv lech. It also comes from Echad. It also comes from Oneness. What do you mean? Why? If it's Oneness, I shouldn't go back. I should go more. I should go more. He says, no. Why? Because this is our respect for boundaries. There's something that I don't know about you. There's something that I can't touch. There's something that that remains yours. There's something where I have to be able to respect your boundaries and therefore also respect my boundaries in a relationship. There's an element, what he says, where he say, Kayachma. It's the it's the it's the very, very deep awareness that as much as I understand and as much as I grasp, there's certain elements that transcend me that I simply don't know. Where my whole thought process just has to cease. It has to stop. What does it mean it has to stop? I have to retreat. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe says, Asurun of Ere. Right? I want to go close to the burning bush. And what does he say? Al tikrav haloim. Yeah. Shuv, don't come here. This is not something you can grasp with, with your hands, with your brain, with your presence. This is something you grasp through your silence, through withdrawing, through returning, through, your, through, through, through that stillness. You grasp it through stillness. Um, Elio Anovi has that vision, you remember? We spoke before about Elio Anovi, remember that vision? where uh, he sees this fire and he thinks, oh, that's God. And God says, no, he's not in the fire. And then there's a wind. This is God. No, loy beruach Hashem. And then there's a storm, right? No. Yeah. There's the still silent voice. The still silent voice. That's the, that's the sound of the divine. It's in the stillness where there's also an echad. But this is a different type of echad. This is the echad that I experience through not experiencing. Through, through respect, through distance, through reverence. I have to be able to return. It's a very, very profound idea. Very profound idea. Uh, and he says, and this shuv gives rise to yet a deeper fire. <laughs> there's a fire that will overpower this shuv. And then there's water that will overpower the fire. And then there's fire that will overpower the water. And that's how the rhythm goes. Because you're talking about infinity, so it never stops. There's water that overpowers the fire. And then there's a deeper fire that overpowers this water because it comes from a deeper place. Because as the person grows, there is more awareness. There's more sensitivity. So now the fire takes over. And the fire tells the water, I'm taking over. And then there's a deeper water that takes over the fire. And then there's a deeper fire that takes over the water. There's Eish Echelas and there's Eish Shoisa. There's Eish that transcends water. There's water that transcends Eish. And that's the process of Halech V'Ratzu, Ratzu A little clearer? Yeah. Now, I have to say something. 
if I'm wounded, if my relationships are wounded, I can't do this. Because I'm completely confused. I don't know when to get close. I don't know when to get far. When I get close, I'm afraid. When I get far, I'm afraid. I don't know what's distance and what's not distance. So we have to appreciate this. When I'm wounded, the rhythm is not natural. It's not organic. I have to really create it. I have to work it through. So we have to appreciate this. Because this is a rhythm. It's like chas v'shalom. If a person has a problem breathing, the exhaling and inhaling are not organic. They're not natural. They're not happening on their own. The same is true with the blood circulation, right? The heart expanding, the heart contracting. That's a rhythm. It's a rhythm that constantly continues. And it allows for the circulatory system to function and for life to continue because the blood oxygenates the entire body and sends the nutrients that every cell needs throughout the body. And then it can come back and release, uh, oxygenate the blood that has to be oxygenated and then start the cycle again. So the the bottom line is that we have to appreciate that if there is, uh, if there's a wound in my system, so then my brain can't operate in this rhythm of mind and heart. And I have to really work it through to be able to have that trust of Ratzai and to be able to have that trust of Shaif. So I'm just explaining this because in people's life, it's important to identify when these things are broken in our system. But this is the core, that Echad has two components. One component is, if it's one, ah, so you understand why a broken person can't experience Ratzai because it's too dangerous, right? <laughs> I need to wear a bulletproof vest all day and all night. I got that. What about the shayv? So, so that's why the Maimer says, Shuv le'echad, hashuvu gamkin mebchines echad. Shuv also needs oneness. Why? There's two types of shayvs. There's a shuv where I'm running away from you. That's something else. That's not what we're talking about. Shuvas are not running away from you. Shuv also comes from echad. Shuv comes from a deeper understanding that I don't understand. Shuv comes from the fact that I realize that I can't grasp, I can't control. My yearning, I want more, is, is, is amazing, it's beautiful, but it's ultimately rooted in a more limited reality where I feel that my eye can 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 fetch the truth, can grasp it. Shoiv also comes from it comes from a deeper echad. It comes from the awareness of of Kayachma, of the bittel that all the hasagas that I have, all the comprehensions that I have, melt away like I didn't comprehend anything. <laughs> that itself is is the experience of shuv. So shuv comes from a deeper awareness in you. When I'm broken, I always need to be in control. So Ratzay won't work and Shuv also won't work. There'll be Shuv in the sense that I'll detach, but that's not Shuv. I'll detach. I'll run away from you. Shuv is returning. Shuv is Le'echad. What's the Le'echad? He says, comes from, from a deeper awareness of Echad and therefore the person really has to respect the distance, the boundaries. And it works both ways. When there's a relationship, it works both ways. Shuv is an element of awe. Shuv is an element of bittel. Shuv is an element of water. And that's the concept of water. The fire ascends and the water descends. Of course, of course. 
That that's the end. That's later in the Maimir how the two come together. But that's the Valter Rebbe's Varte that the Shuv is also Echad. The Shuv is not like oh I'm going away from Echad to get back my own space. He says it comes from a, from a deeper understanding of the relationship. That's it's a very subtle idea. There's one way of explaining Shuv is I need space. <laughs> Sorry, I got to disconnect from you, right? What he's saying here is the disconnect is also a connection. In fact, it's a deeper connection. It's a connection that appreciates a deeper element of echad. The element of echad that I can't grasp. And therefore I have to remain. I have to remain put. I'll, I'll give you an example. I once heard this from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. It's an incredible interpretation. I think... It comes from, I think it says in the Panam Yafas. The Panam Yafas was, is a book on Chumash by a student of the Magid, Repinchis Halevi Horowitz, known as the author of Sefer Hafla on Ksuvis, Makna on Kedushin, Panam Yafas on Chumash. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Viroisa Esachairai, Ufanai Loyero, you will see my back, my face you will not see. So I once heard from the Rebbe, this was Purim Tovshin Memches. Purim 1988. And I have to say, this was a Purim de Kavart. I don't know if it would be said other times of the year. It was a Purim de Kavart. The Rebbe said, you have to read the Pasuk as follows. Listen to this. You're going to see my back. My face? You will also see. How? By not seeing. My face? You'll also experience. But through the absence of trying to see. My back, you'll see. Upanai, my face, loyero. This is something you can only experience by not seeing. It's not something you can experience by seeing. Why? Because if I'm looking at it, <laughs> it's too evasive, it's too, it's too nebulous, it's too transcendent. It's true loyero. There's a concept in the Rambam, called Yediya Sachiv versus Yediya Sashlila. Yediya Sachiv means knowing something in the positive and then knowing something only in the negative. I don't know what you are, I know what you're not. <laughs> Is that a form of knowledge? It's deeper knowledge. Because I can't always know what you are. But I could know what you are from knowing what you're not. And that allows me to touch a deeper part of you. I can't grasp it in my hand. If I grasp it in my hand, it's... It dissolves. I lose it. I can't see it. Imrat's lipcha shuv echad. Echad you can only grasp through shuv. It's the kol mamadaka. It's the silence. It's the retreating. It's the awe. It's the bitl. It's the. It's where, so to speak, I shut down. I don't shut. I don't mean I shut down psychologically. I shut down from fear. When I shut down, meaning, I I I melt. I seize. I'm not in. I'm not in a, an emotion of, of of ecstasy of of running. I, I, I want. I don't want. I just want to remain silent. It's it's a, it's the ultimate mindfulness, but it's it's where I allow existence to seize from consciousness. I'm not going to go grasp something. There's the fire. There's the inspiration, which is amazing. The ecstasy, but then there's something deeper. And that's the water. Wherever the person is. It's the ultimate stillness where what I'm really looking for is that my consciousness should cease. 
seize, not in the sense seize that I want to chas v'shalom die, <laughs> seize in the sense that I'm not trying to, to get anything, to control anything, to grasp anything, to, to understand it, to, to put it in any type of box, even the most spiritual box. It's a deeper echad. Ufanai loyero. Achine, next paragraph, third paragraph of the Maimer. Achine calls up a Milas Madregus Ruchni, Salamas Bamilas at Sadikim Alchim of Nelikim Malas Malachia Sharas. Achloi Kaladam Zaychal as a Shiara of Ruch, Memorum Lava Lubchino Madregus Ulis Tom the Prinus Alech Venasaya. This is all true, and it's continuously existing and vibrating in the spirituality of the worlds and in the life of the human beings that always walk before God and in the life of the angels. But not everybody can merit, or not everybody merits to be able to experience this spirit from above to always perpetually be in this state of halach v'nasaya. And this is why Hashem gives us the Torah. And the Torah is comprised of mitzvahs gashmim, physical mitzvahs that require physical material activity, because in them and through them, every single human being, no matter who you are, no matter what type of sensitivity you have, and no matter what level of consciousness you live, Every single person can can be in this place of haloch v'nasaya, ratzi v'shayf, like Avram Avinu. This dveikus, this intimacy that Avram Avinu constantly experienced through ratzi and shayf, which is the rhythm of intimacy, that's what we call it, the rhythm of intimacy, the rhythm of relationships. This is something that through Matan Torah Hashem gave this gift to every single person. The explanation is because in the life of Torah, in the physical life of Torah, in the actions of Torah, you have fire and water. So therefore, through Torah and mitzvahs, every Jew experiences this Ratzay and Shoiv, at least on some level, even if only in action. And he explains, Torah is compared to water. The Gemara says in Maseches Tainus that Torah is compared to water. The Gemara also says in Babakama, Ein Mayim El And the Gemara explains in Tainus, Just as water always descends to the lowest surface, as long as the water could continue to go down to the lowest place, it will go down. So the Gemara says the same is true with the Torah. What's the comparison? The comparison is, as he says in Tanya chapter 4, that the Torah is like water. It's the divine wisdom and will, but it descended and became incarnated within the physical text, the ink on the parchment of Torah and Avim and Ksuvim, within the physical, concrete examples, within the mitzvahs, within the words, within the concepts, and within all of the commandments. So Torah is compared to water. V'nikra... It's so easy to lose the depth of what he's saying here. This is the meaning, don't say water, water twice. Now for this, you see the Altarebbe refers here constantly to 
to sources and you have to know the sources. Here he's referring to one of the most mystical stories in the whole of the Talmud. This is a story in Gemara Meseches Chagigedaf Yudalot, page 14. The Gemara says, Arba Nichnesulapardis. Four people ascended into the spiritual orchard of mysticism. Rabbi Akiva ben Azai ben Zayma and Elisha ben Avuya. The results for three of them were catastrophic. One of them died, one of them lost their sanity, and the other one became a heretic, Elisha ben Avuya. But the Gemara says when they started to go into the orchard, Rabbi Akiva sent out a notice to them. And Rabbi Akiva said when you're going to reach the higher realities of the orchard, do not say mayim mayim. Do not say water, water. What is the meaning of the words of Rabbi Akiva? The commentators struggle with this. Rabbi Akiva says you're going to see something. You're going to see don't say mayim, mayim. You're going to want to say mayim, mayim, water, water. Don't say mayim, mayim. Wow, this is very heavy. What did Rebbe Akiva say? So there's many deep, deep interpretations here, including the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, has different interpretations and different discourses. What Rebbe Akiva was saying. Let's see what he says here. Don't say mayim twice. What was Rebbe Akiva saying? There's two levels of water. There's mayim el and mayim tachtoinim. There's the higher water and there's the lower water. You remember on the Monday of creation, what did God do? The first day everything was water. Ruach merachefes al pnei Everything was water. What happens the second day? The second day of creation, God says, let there be a firmament in the water and it's going to separate the higher water from the lower water. It's called mayim el above the heavens, mayim tachtoinim below the heavens. Mayim tachtoinim is the water we experience here on earth, in the oceans, in the lakes, in the ponds, in the streams, in the canals in the seas, in the rivers. And of course in the wellsprings. That's the water below. There's the water above. The water above the heavens. It's called Mayim el We have a tendency to say Mayim, Mayim. There's two waters. There's the higher water, there's the lower water. But says, Oy al Mayim, Mayim. And one of the interpretations the Alter Rebbe gives in another Mayim is... Do not distinguish between the higher worlds and the lower worlds because that is going to lead either to death or to insanity or to heresy. And this was the challenge of Elisha ben Avoyim ben Azai ben Zayma. Water, water. Rabbi Akiva was the only one who went in in peace and came out in peace because he didn't say water, water. There's no two waters. Here the Alter Rebbe takes the same idea but he develops it in Torah. Al-Toymru mayim. Rabbi Akiva cautioned them, don't separate the water of Torah, the higher water and the lower water, meaning, Mayim hel yoinim, the higher water, is Pchines Yama Chachma It's the sea of Chachma, and it's the first Yud of Hashem's name. Yud and the Hey and Avav and the Hey, the first Yud, which is a seminal point, that's called Mayim hel yoinim, the higher water. That's the sea of Chachma, the sea of wisdom. It transcends the revelation of Torah. The Zohar says that Torah emerges from Chachma. The revelation of Torah is post-Chachma experience. The Mayim al of Torah, that is Chachma. In other words, there is Torah the way it is rooted in God's inner Chachma, God's inner wisdom, that's called Yam HaChachma. The sages called it the sea of wisdom. That's the first yud of Hashem's name, yud kevavke. In this level, the Torah is not revealed. It's not tangible. 
It can't be revealed. It's beyond revelation. It's beyond words. It's beyond descriptions. It's beyond definitions. That's why the Zoyer says, Nafkes in Aramaic means comes out. Yoitzas. It emerges from Chachma. In other words, the Torah that we have, the Torah that we can think about, that we can meditate on, that we can learn, that we can grasp, is already the way the Torah assumes an identity of ideas and of thoughts that's only post-Chachma. This is back to what we discussed many times about Chachma versus Bina. Bina is concrete knowledge, developed idea. Chachma is... The moment a person has an epiphany, it comes from nowhere. It doesn't really come from nowhere. It comes from what's called ayin. Ha-chachma me-ayin timotze. It says in Job. Chachma comes from ayin. Literally, it's a question. Chachma me-ayin timotze. Where are you going to find chachma? But Al-Tarebbe says, based on a Gemarian site, chachma me-ayin timotze. Chachma comes from ayin. Ayin, we translate as nothingness, but it's really translated as no-thingness comes from a place beyond thingness, beyond concreteness. Where does a new idea come from? Where does a new epiphany come from? It comes from Kayachamasla. It comes from an unconscious place where the ideas are not concrete. So there's Torah that comes out of Chachma. So Chachma is that first flash of consciousness, but it's still completely nebulous. It's not tangible. It's called the Sea of Chachma, the Ocean of Chachma. Mayim Shein Lem Saif, the Gemara says in Yavamas. It's water that has no end. It doesn't have an end. It's ain't Saif. It's infinite. You can't grasp infinity. You can't wrap your brain around infinity. That's Chachma, Kayachma. Remember Kayachma? So you just say, what? What? <laughs> what did you just say? It's like, whoa, what? Ma. That's all I can say, ma. Moshe Rabbeinu said about himself, v'nachnu ma. We are ma. What are we? You're attacking me like I have this big ego and I want to control you. V'nachnu ma. Moshe Rabbeinu came from Chachma. Moshe comes from the water, remember? Moshe means I was drawn out of water. That's why Moshe can't speak. Why can't Moshe speak? So the Balatanya explains, and it already comes from the Maharal, because speaking is articulation. It's defining things in words. Moshe Rabbeinu comes from a place that's beyond words. Not only beyond physical words, be, be, words beyond spiritual words. I had a slip there. I said spiritual world, spiritual words, same thing. Words come from worlds. Beyond worlds is beyond words. Beyond concepts. Torah comes out of Chachma. That's where it comes out. It comes out of Chachma. And that's when it can assume some form of concretization. Some form of spiritual, legal, academic, brilliant, profound ideas. On every level of reality, but only posed Chachma. But what's the source of Torah? Torah is Chachma. That's beyond, beyond concretization, beyond grasping. That's the higher water. That's the higher Yud. That's the first Yud. You with me? But the Torah is like water. It descended. Yud Tata. It comes into the lower Yud. There's what's called Yud Ilah, the higher Yud. And Yud Tata, the lower Yud. And that's Hashem's name. Alev Dalad Nun Yud. Adne. Aleph, Dalet, right? We say, Baruch Adonai, Lamdeini, Chukecha. Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud, ends with a Yud. So you have the Yud on the top and the Yud on the bottom. The Yud on the top is the first Yud of Yud, Kevavke. The Yud on the bottom is the last Yud of Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud. And it's two different names of Hashem. Yud, Kevavke is called Shema Etzim, the essential name. 
Adna is associated with Malchus, the last of the tenth spheres, my master. Ad, Adna is my master. This is the last yud. This is the Torah coming from the first yud to the last yud. If you at the Fabrengen of Yud I told over the story of the Alter Rebbe, when he hired a teacher for his son, and the teacher asked him, how do you teach? And he said, you always start off with an Aleph. Vos is an Aleph. Ayud fun Eben. Ayud fun Untin. Dos is an Aleph. Apin telefon eben, apin telefon unten, das is an Aleph. Ayud von eben, ayud von unten, akaf von Yerushamayim beemza, das is an Aleph. The Alter Rebbe said that the beginning of education is with the letter Aleph. What's an Aleph? You remember what an Aleph looks like? You can look at the Maimah, you'll see. There's a Yud on the top, there's a Yud on the bottom. There's a line that connects them. That's the two Yuds he's referring here. There's the Yud on the top, that's on top of the Aleph. There's the Yud on the bottom of the Aleph, and you need that line, that diagonal line, to connect the two Yuds. So there's Mayim and there's Mayim. There's the water on the top and there's water on the bottom. There's Torah in its source. What is it? Pure Ain Saif, pure divinity. Every word in Torah, every concept in Torah, every mitzvah in Torah, every story in Torah, every syllable, every vowel, every punctuation, every cantillation, Every verse, sentence, paragraph, chapter, section, story, episode, law, mitzvah, halacha. Every nuance, every nook and cranny of Torah. But what is it rooted in? It can be traced back to absolute undefined infinity. How do you know something is real Torah? That even in its lowest concrete manifestation, it's really just a projection a, an embodiment of pure infinity. The Rebbe said, Don't make me two waters. Don't make a mechitza between Nigla and Pneumius. Don't turn them into two waters. There's no Torah on top and Torah on the bottom. It's one Mayim. Ah. The lower yud, this is the lower water that reaches soif ma'isa, like we say in the chadoidi, soif ma'isa the end of action, and that's the way the Torah assumes a physical incarnation. You can open up a chumash and understand what it says at least on a certain level. You can open up a mishnayis, open up a gemara, and at least on some level you understand. You know what it's talking about. You see the scenarios, the laws, the concepts, even the logic. That's all Torah, the way it ascends, the way it descends into Saif Maisa, Kiyama Mitzvah's Gashmi's Bepoel Mamash. And then the Torah gives you a blueprint of mitzvahs to actually physically do this how I light a candle and how I wrap tefillin and how I make tzitzis and how I build a sukkah and the halachas of brachas and the halachas of muktzah and the halachas of civil law and the halachas of purity, halachas of offering. It's very physical, practical, nuanced details. It's a routine, there's rituals, there's a blueprint, there's a manual. This is kosher, this is not kosher, this is, prohib- this is prohibited, this is permissible. This person is guilty, this person is innocent. This you embrace, this you reject. And this is the last letter of Yud, of Adna, Alav Yud, which represents Malchus. Hashem's Malchus, which pervades all over the world. What's Malchus? Malchus is the way divinity articulates itself as the engine of the universe. That's what Malchus is. Hashem wants to be a melech. What's a melech? He wants to lead the world. So this is where godliness becomes the battery of every cell of every atom. Aval al calls it, comes Rabbi Akiva and says, despite all of this, malchus chaksiv. It's your malchus. Malchus chaksiv. Bikinui chaf. Lange chaf. Malchus cha. Malchus kalaylamim. It's your malchus. Sheshar shemu bebchines. Mayim el 
the source of the lower water is the higher water. This is Hashem's intimate inner Malchus, the Malchus of the Infinite One Himself. It comes down and assumes physical incarnations to become the Malchus, the kingship that vibrates and animates and vivifies all of the worlds and the lower water. So Rabbi Akiva tells his colleagues, The moment you make a differentiation and say there's water and there's water, you won't be able to survive the pardis. Either you stay down here or you go up there. Elisha ben Avuya became a heretic. Ben Zoyma ben Azai, one of them passed away. He left the world. The other one could not remain in the vessels, in the structure of the world. Too much. He went up. One of them died, and one of them lost their sanity, as we call it. Hitzitz v'nivga, hitzitz v'meis. Elisha ben Avuya, the other way around. He detached. He became a heretic. Kitzitz ben Atiyas. It's unbelievable. The Chazal, when they want to say he became a heretic, what do they say? They say, he plucked the plants. What does it mean he plucked the plants? He uprooted the plants. He uprooted Mayim Tachtoin for Mayim El Yonim. Ben and Ben Zoyma went into the higher waters. Elisha Ben Avoy went into the lower waters. Rabbi Akiva said, there's no higher waters than lower waters. It's all one. That's the, that's the Nekudah Sa'amas. That's what Alter Rebbe tried to reveal. There's no Mayim El Yonim and Mayim Tachtoin. Altaimru Mayim Mayim. Not because there's no. Obviously there's higher and lower. But don't get stuck in the outer definition. The pnimius of Mayim Tachtoinim is Mayim Malyoinim. And the pnimius of Mayim Malyoinim comes into the Mayim Tachtoinim. So what does this mean in Torah? Even the way the Torah assumes its lowest, so to speak, not its lowest, it looks like its lowest incarnation. What is it? It's the higher water. It's Chachma Mamish of Ein Saif Kayachma. Malchus Malchus Not two separate things. There's Malchus Kalaylamim. There's the way the divinity assumes a physical dimension. That's Malchus Kalaylamim. Malchus is your Malchus. Your own intimate, infinite quality that becomes. He says it's the same thing. This is the whole Nikud of the Maimer Basi Lagani Tavshin Chav Base. The Maimer that we learned, the six classes on Basi Lagani. I hope some of you went through it. If not, go through it. What's the Nakud over there? That even in the lowest level of reality, you could still see the whole Ein Saif. Everything is Ein Saif. Everything is light. It carries Atmos. I, it's finite. It's finite when you look at it from a finite perspective. It's really another manifestation of infinity. In other words, there's no space in the world that doesn't allow you to connect from there with ultimate authenticity. You hear the vart? Anybody knows what I'm talking about? There's no space in the world that allows you, that doesn't allow you to connect from there to ultimate authenticity. So Rebbe Akiva says, don't split the Mayims. The Mayim Tachtoinim of Torah, that is the Mayim Aliyahinim. You're learning a piece of Gemara. You're learning a discussion about a borrower or a renter or an unpaid custodian or a paid custodian or an animal that wrecked a field (laughs) and how much you have to pay. 
Whatever you're learning. You're learning ain't safe. You have to be able to see it. Now, this doesn't mean you should go into abstractions. You have to understand them. I am tachtayinim. You have to grasp it and understand it and dissect it and analyze it. But what is it? It's really my emelianim. It's infinity manifested in a finite form. So the Bakiva says, don't split up the physical mitzvahs, which are mayim tachtayinim from their source, which is mayim aliyayinim. Because all the mitzvahs, it may seem like a very physical, technical mitzvah. What is it? It's pure ratzana alien. It's pure divine, the divine intimate desire, which essentially is ungraspable and essentially unfathomable. This is Rabbi Akiva. And this is the way you can go into the pardis, you can go into the orchard, and you can come out. And as I'm watching the snow come down, you see that a very physical world with trees that seem barren and lifeless in this long cold winter in New York suddenly becomes bedecked with whiteness. It's like the cloud of glory <laughs> that bedecks the world becomes like a blanket. It covers the world in snow. So Rakiva says, I'll tell you And he continues, Vederech Klal, this is the first line on 147, we'll just turn to the next page. V'derech klal, or ayin dalad amadala. V'derech klal, generally, ramach mitzvesese. I'm going to go to the end of the paragraph. Ramach mitzvesese him chines mayim shem chsadim. Generally, the 248 positive commandments represent water, which is chesed, which is kindness. Water represents benevolence, giving, just like the water flows outward, extrovertedness. L'fisha behem v'al yadam nimshachem because in them and through them, we have access. The Ein Saif, the light of the Ein Saif, comes forth down here, like we say in the blessing before every mitzvah. Before you light a Shabbos candle, you say, before you separate challah, before you don't fill it, before you put on your talis, before you put on a mezuzah. What does this mean? He sanctified us through his mitzvahs. Says the Alter Rebbe Shaidei Hamitzvahs Nimshach Kodesh Ha'Elyin Da'in Upchinas Kodesh Umuvdali Yisraelim Is Galalamata. The words is Ashekidishano. Kodesh represents that which is sacred, that which is aloof, that which is transcendent. So a person has to become aware before they do a mitzvah. Ashekidishano, you have sanctified us. You have allowed us to experience to become one with Kodesh Ha'Elyin, with the ultimate holiness. And here is the rule in Kabbalah and this: Every hamshacha is chesed and mayim. Every hamshacha, everything that is communicated, everything that is bestowed, everything that flows forth is identified as kindness and water. Because water flows downward. And that's what kindness is. I go out of my own space and I tune into your space and I give you. That's what chesed is. That's what water is. So generally, all the mitzvahs, all the 248 mitzvahs which represent the flow of Ein Soif into our world, allowing me and you and all of us the ability to be able to access infinity in our life through these mitzvahs, this is represented by water, by chesed. And that's why we say in the blessing, So that's the water element of Torah mitzvahs. Remember, we're talking about water and fire. But now let's talk about the fire. There's also fire in them. What's the fire? The fire is gvuris v'tzimtzumim. 
we know the nature of fire is to ascend, to depart. You always need the wick or the log, the oil, to hold down the flame. If not, it's going to depart. The flame needs that which it's going to be grasped by besides the oxygen in order to be able to hold it down. Water flows downward. Fire goes upward. Kabbalistically, spiritually, fire represents gvura, tzimtzum, withdrawal. It's, the tendency is to go upward, meaning to go inward. Upward here means inward. And spiritually, up doesn't, it's not geographically up. It means inward, into a more abstract place, into a deeper place. It's a place, place of withdrawal. That's the concept of tzimtzum. What's the connection to the mitzvah? <laughs> mitzvahs have structure. <laughs> mitzvahs have very defined structure. The mitzvah has to be in this way. And in this way that God commanded us. In this way and in this theme. Very often people who are in the mode of kindness and benevolence, they're not detailed oriented. They're not technocrats. Here the Alter Rebbe gives us the revolution that Torah and mitzvahs is always a synthesis of fire and water. The element of water represents infinity coming down. So there's no boundaries. On the other hand, what do we see in mitzvahs? There's routine. There's a system. There's details. There's nuances. And sometimes it drives people crazy. How much matzah to eat? When to eat it, right? How long the candle has to be burned on Hanukkah? What direction to light the menorah from? What's the right blessing? Every mitzvah has so many nuances of halacha that define it. A sukkah, this is the opening of tractate sukkah. A sukkah that is taller than 20 amas. 20 amas is around 30 feet or 40 feet. So if you're a sukkah, is taller than 30, 40 feet, meaning the schach is very high, it's disqualified. Because you have to be able to sit and see the schach easily. When it comes to tzitzes, the threads have to be complete. They have to have a certain size. If they're, if they're cut and you have very short threads, it's not good. We say, what's the difference? I'm wearing tzitzes. They have to have a certain length. A certain manner that they're made. This is true about all mitzvahs. The details of the mitzvahs. The diktukim of the mitzvahs, which means the parameters of the mitzvahs, this represents the fire, the gvura, the strength, the tzimtzum, the restrictiveness. There's a structure, and if you go out of that structure, you didn't do the mitzvah. I can bring an offering at the time of the Beis HaMikdash. There's a time when I can eat it. If I eat it post that time, I didn't do the mitzvah. On the contrary, I did a prohibition. I put on tefillin at night. What's the difference day and night? I daven shachris in the wrong time. What's the difference? There's a difference. What's the difference? You're meditating to God. You're meditating with God. That's the mayim, but then there's the esh. Where do we see this? You're saying fire is the opposite of structure. You're saying fire burns everything down. Right, so that's that's true, and it's also more than that. You're saying Ezo Gibra There's the fire of containment, containment. That's true. In other words, this, you're saying an inner fire that can, of containment. There's also the element of fire. When you put something in fire, right, it never keeps it one. It it breaks everything up, and that's very important. Water, actually, is an adhesive agent. 
right? You use saliva, you use water to connect things. The bed of water eclipses everything under the water and it looks like one. Fire, you put a table in fire after a few minutes, the table is now broken up. Whatever you put into fire, fire right away divides. And this represents the concept of differentiation. Meaning, in life, the perspective of water is the perspective of oneness. Everything is one. If everything is one, what does it make a difference if I do it 9 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock at night? What's the difference if I do it in this place or I do it in that place? What's the difference if it's done by a man or a woman or a child or a Kayan or a Levi or Yisrael? It's all one. That's from the perspective of Mayim. From the perspective of Aish, of fire, you say fire actually breaks things up. It divides. In other words, fire recognizes distinctions. It's not all one. Fire is actually going to take everything apart and until it reaches the raw skeleton, the raw ashes of it. It's going to take everything apart. In other words, fire is all about disintegrating, not integrating. Fire creates disintegration. What is this symbolic of? It's symbolic of the concept of tzimtzum, the concept of differentiations, the concept of structures. There's a difference in time. There's a difference in space. Everything has its place, its time, its style. And it's two very opposite notions in Judaism. Moshe Rabbeinu, the last day when he speaks to the Jewish people, he defines Torah in this way. Parshas V'zai Sabracha. You remember? Hashem misinai ba. From his right arm, he gave us a religion of fire. One second. He gave it from his right arm, which is chesed. Chesed roi yimin, it says in Zayar. Chesed is right But he gave us esh. He gave us a fire. Dos, a religion. It's a religion of fire. There's two elements. There's the element of Yeminoi Chesed, ain't Saif, and then there's the element of Gvuris Vitzimtsumimis, the structures of it. And this is true with all the mitzvahs. And if I don't do it in that particular way, I didn't do the mitzvah. So the Alter Rebbe says, Elashem Kulim Chasadim Gamken. But there's no just Tzimtsum in Taira, there's also Chesed. Even in the Halachas, you'll always see. If it did it, this may be wrong, but the Yevid, it's fine. Or if the milk fell into the pot, if there's 60, it's nullified. In other words, the Gvura always is mixed with Chesed. So in the physical act of mitzvahs, and in the physical reincarnation of Torah, you have the fire and you have the water. The water we explained is the Ein Soif that is manifested in Torah and mitzvahs. And Rabbi Akiva says... Don't say water, water. It's all one. In other words, don't differentiate between the infinity and the finite, as we explained before. That's the chesed. And the ashes, the physical finite properties of every mitzvah that's defined by structure, which allows us to take hold of it. Now, here's the challenge. Challenge is some people embrace one aspect and ignore the other aspect. Some people who are very technical... (laughs) or very routine, and love structure, they love this aspect of Yiddishkeit, and they lose touch of the infinite dimension. And the same is converse. Stalter so Rebbe says, there's a rhythm of Eish and Mayim, of Ratzoy and Shoiv. So the Alter Rebbe says, Vaidei Sarusa de Lusata, Isarusa de Laelul, Yizgam Ken Halach Venasoya. 
when there's an arousal from below, there's also an arousal from above, that when the person lives with Torah and Mitzvahs, which is fire and water, it arouses and triggers in his soul both of these rhythms, which is Haloich and Nasaya, this ability that through the arousal from below, there should be the arousal from above, was given to the Jewish people by Matan Torah Shazel, in Yenisin Esat Torah, Shenitin Lies Nikra, Shem Mitzvah Advarim Gashrim, Lies Behen Kayach Zashal Yadim Yutzachir, and Saif Baruchu. Unbelievable words. He says, this is the definition, this is the definition of the giving of Torah. What happened by the giving of the Torah? That Hashem allowed that the name Mitzvah should be conferred on physical things. On physical things. You can do a physical thing or look at a physical object and it should be defined as a mitzvah. What does it mean defined as a mitzvah? That it has the power to access pure infinity. That was the revolution of Matan Taira. The way he describes it there is unique. What is the revolution of Matan Taira? That, as they would say in yeshivas, there could be a chalois of shame mitzvah on physical matter, on a physical act, on physical things, on the physical body. Whatever it is, suddenly it's called a mitzvah. This is a mitzvah. This act is a mitzvah. This thing is connected to a mitzvah. What does it mean? It's okay. The estrig is a mitzvah. The lulav is a mitzvah. The tits is a mitzvah. The candle is a mitzvah. The arm is a, I could do a mitzvah with. The parchment is a mitzvah. What does it mean? That this has the capacity to access and become a conduit for infinity. Through this, Ein Soif could come down. That was a chiddush of Matan Torah. In other words, the whole concept of Ratzai Vishoiv in the spiritual transcendent reality suddenly assumes a very physical, concrete incarnation in the Jewish life, in the Torah and the mitzvahs. That was Matan Torah. And through this arousal from below, Isarusa de Lasata, in my life of Torah mitzvahs, it creates that Isarusa de La'ela. And he says, this is a Gavaldiga Chiddush, because you can ask a question. A person can ask a question. Yeah? How could you tell me that when I wrap myself in a talus, which is made out of a sheep's wool, or I wrapped filling on my arm, which is made out of leather of a cow, or I light a candle that's made of wax, literally made of wax, or I give tzedakah on a check, which will withdraw money from my bank account, or, or a dollar, or a pound, whatever, or a shekel, just a piece of paper, <laughs> produced produced here, and what happens? The Ein Soif was accessed. Infinity was accessed. What is this, a mockery? What's the connection? There has to be a connection. That's the Chiddush of Matan Torah. The Chiddush of Matan Torah is that the physical thing has a shame mitzvah, that it has the capacity to become the accessory of Ein Soif. But Alter Rebbe finishes this paragraph. Achla Havin to understand this. Mayachesh Shagam Adeb Chinas Atayda Yavav Agil Chinas Halich V'Nasaya Imkain Lama Loi Nitna Atayda Lavram Shakim Kala Atayda Bruch Nusa V'Lama Loi Nitna Legam Begash Miusa. This brings us back to the first question in the Maimer. Since through Atayda, one reaches this Halich V'Nasaya. So why wasn't it given to Avram Avinu? He observed the Atayda spiritually. But why wasn't the Torah given to him also physically, the way it was given by Matan Torah? Why the weight of 26 generations? This brings us back to that question, which is what Alter Rebbe began to discuss after asking why you needed a shoifer by Matan Torah. And that's going to be the next piece in the Maimer, 
which we will continue Be'ezir Hashem Blineder on Monday morning, 7.30. Let's take, let's take some questions. Oh, wow, it's late. Okay, let's see what's happening here on the chat. I want to clarify your breathing. Is the Ratzai the breathing out? And the Shuv is the breathing into the body. So it seems. Somebody asks, is this also the rhythm of talking and listening? Absolutely. We see in Tehillim chapter 150, the shofar is the first instrument that we connect to because it's the raw source of sound undifferentiated before we experience the beauty of different timbers that represent different identities. Yes, that's what Alter Rebbe said at the beginning of the Maimah, that the shofar doesn't have the same pleasure like other instruments because it's the source of all the pleasures. It's the raw source. Next question. Heart energy and brain energy have their own intrinsic identity, which creates the ongoing tension. But the will of the soul transcends both, and so the person has the capacity to switch between this one and that one. Not too much ratzi, don't escape from life, and not too much shuv, which may stifle the light of ratzi. Well said. Next question. People say, I'm all in. Does that mean ratzi or shayv? <laughs> it means both. <laughs> It means both. Very good. When we separate learning from the higher to the lower, it means we're separating the waters. What about when we separate learning Torah from our secular endeavors? When we separate religion from the world? Same concept, yes. We don't separate. That's the point. Ain't Kiddush Ella B'makam Su'udah. Everything has to be connected back to the source. Now, sometimes you don't know how to connect it back to the source. And sometimes people get involved in certain things that schlep them down. That's why you have to be careful. Not everybody can go everywhere, right? Because you can be affected. More than you influence, you can get influenced. So that's why you have to have the right immune system. If you don't have, that's what Rabbi Akiva said. If you go into these places, you better know how to come back. <laughs> Sometimes you go places and you just don't come back. You get lost. If somebody is going to a place where there's a terrible pandemic, you know, and they're not, you know, when the, when the corona started, right, and you had many medical people, they had to be masked up and dressed up to protect themselves because you want to help people, but you yourself can be infected. Chas v'shalom. So you always have to, a lifeguard to jump into the lake and save somebody, you have to know how to swim, you have to know what you're doing. If not, the undercurrent can Khalila Swips take you too. Very beautiful comments here. I think mikvah is a great example of the waters coming together. You don't separate the two waters in the mikvah. We don't separate the waters of heaven and earth. Yeah. Unity. It seems like to be in a safe place of shuv, you need a humility that comes from the maturity of a life lived. Maybe this explains teenagers. They have so much ratzai, but not enough access to the peace of shuv. Does that make sense? That to really appreciate the state of shuv, you need humility, which only comes from maturity. And ratzai without shuv is very often the life of a teenager. I think it's a very good observation you're making because generally you see that the element of fire is very uh, intense. It's very emphatic. It's emphasized in the life of the teen. 
There's a lot of rotsoy, and very often, you know, I think I can understand everything, and I won't repeat any of the mistakes of my parents and my grandparents, and I'll live the ultimate life. You know, we have that that feeling that you know I get it and I understand it, and I'll I'll, I'll figure it out. And I think it does take a lot of the trial and errors of life, and and marriage, and raising children, and the humility that comes with a life well lived and a life lived with accountability and introspection that really teaches us how much we don't understand and how much, as much as we prepare, we can't really prepare, and as much as we anticipate and expect, we can't really anticipate and expect. And it creates a certain humility, a certain silence, a certain awe, a certain respect, a certain reverence. I agree. In that sense, the water is much deeper than the fire. But what Dalt Rebbe is teaching us is after you reach that water, you have to reach a deeper fire. A fire that incorporates the silence. And that's the key in this mimer. There's no fire, water, okay, we're done. No, 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 no. The water invites a deeper fire. Right? Eish mimayim. The fire comes from the water. Why? Because when you mature and you do experience that sense of silence, deep inside there is now a new fire that you want to be able to grow and conquer that too, to a certain degree. And then you need to have a deeper silence, which comes after the next fire, which only invites a deeper fire, which only invites a deeper water, as he says, it's ain't Saif. Halaych v'nasaya, until you become a Merkava, and the two can converge, as he will get to at the end of the Maimer. Very beautiful observation that comes all the way from Texas. I took some questions from... from, from uh, from where? From Zoom, but there's also 11 comments on uh, <laughs> 11 comments on the yeshiva.net. Everybody could read them and enjoy them. Some very, very insightful comments. And in the meantime, I'm going to wish you all a beautiful day, a wonderful Shabbos, and may the rhythm of Ratzay and Shov enrich your lives with fire and water. But remember Rabbi Akiva's words. There's no water, water. And in many ways, I would say that that line, at least for me, captures probably one of the most central themes in Chabad Chassidus, in the teachings of the Alter Rebbe, all the way down to the Rebbe. I think if you want to really sum it up, it's four words. Al Taimru Mayamayim. Don't say water, water. Don't say water, water. <laughs> Higher, lower. Spiritual, physical. Soul, body. Heaven, earth. God, me. Torah, mitzvahs. Inner, outer. Internal, external. <laughs> that which can be embraced, that which can't be embraced. That division, that differentiation that we live with because it's part of how we grow up. Al-Taimru Mayim Mayim. Always recognize the harmony, the oneness. The highest water and the lowest water is really one. The Havdalah, the separation that God made on Monday, was only a catalyst for Tuesday. When earth and land emerges so that we can create the synthesis, we can reveal the synthesis. That's Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is Yaakov, Midas Harachamim, which goes from the highest to the lowest. And Rabbi Akiva is, uh, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, 
the whole Torah comes from Rabbi Akiva, the whole Torah Shabbat, because the whole Torah is the Asian Mayim coming together. And Asian Mayim coming together begins with the Mayim coming together, the higher water and the lower water. Because when the highest water comes into the lowest water, so you have the Chesed of Ein Saif here, then you have the Aish which structures it. Okay, my dearest friends, sending you lots of love and blessings from uh, this uh, this part of the world and wishing you all tremendous bracha v'atzloch adblidai. May it be a day of deep awareness, self-awareness, and therefore other awareness. Of ratzi and shoiv, halach v'nasaya, fire and water. And remember that that rhythm is not a mistake. The flux is not a mistake. It's not a tragedy. It's ultimately what allows for integration of all the elements in our brain, in our heart, and in our world. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.